Welcome to the Pros on Fire podcast, a show for event pros hosted by two renowned DJs. Listen as industry leaders share their stories, wins, and losses to help fuel your fire. Here are your hosts, Troy Adams and Rasis Batsuli. Welcome to the Pros on Fire podcast. I go by the name of Rasis Batsuli, owner of Ceasefire Productions. That's my man, brother from another mother, Troy Adams. Owner of Carolina DJ Professionals, Troy. What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? I'm, I'm, oh, here. I'm here. I'm blessed to be here today with you and our guest. Yes, it's going down. Let, listen, we have someone special in the building today on the Pros on Fire podcast. We have my man, floral extraordinaire designer. I mean, he's extremely respected in the industry. And when me and Troy were talking about guests to put on this show, he was automatic. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Davis. Woo! It's good to be here with you guys. It's good to be here. Oh man, my my man. Like your your reputation is phenomenal, man. And we are both honored to have you on here. And like before we even get started with the interview, man, if you could just share who you are, you know, what you've done, just in case someone was has been living under a rock and they're just oblivious, just let them know uh who you are. Well, I'm, I'm Jonathan Davis, and I'm a production designer for a company called C-Lux, and we're based in Charlotte. We do um, high-end luxury events, and I um, live in rentals, and florals, and full design, and even, like, brand activations, and all kind of crazy corporate things as well. But we try to take all these creative things and really tell our client stories. And over the 17 years, I've been able to work with people. I've done flowers for Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, Oprah Ooh. Winfrey, uh, I did Steph Curry's wedding as well as his sister's wedding, lots of celebrities, lots of fun stuff, um, but also just getting to work with, like, real people. And yeah. in 17 years, I've seen a lot of things change, and yeah. um, but it's been great to see a lot of new people join to the industry and continue to grow and just have more creative partners to work with. What, what made you choose the direction of decor and florals and, and all that great stuff? You seem very artsy. Um, it's it's in my blood. Um, I was raised in a household where entertaining was a big thing. And so like my mother threw a lot of big parties. And so by the time I was 13, I could book a caterer and tell them where stuff was going. And I just was raised around a lot of flowers and a lot of entertaining, but also just the sense of hospitality and just wanting to make everyone feel welcome um, was something that was really, really big in my household. And so like if there was company coming over, there was flowers, there was food. And so it was just a natural progression for me. Well, Troy, he said he said food, right? Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> my, no. My ears um, perked up. Yeah, there, there, there it is, man. Well, well, we definitely appreciate you being on the show, man. Like I said, your reputation is, you're highly respected in the industry. Um, I consider you a, a colleague and a friend, and it's always great to see you at events. And he's always helping. I remember uh, this past weekend, uh, we had an event, and the uh, we were trying to figure out what the uplighting colors should be to match the decorators in the room. And, uh, he, you know, from the corner, hey, which color should it be? And then we hear, yeah, I think white is right. And white is right. And we looked over, and it was him. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to intervene. I'm like, nah, man. Like, t- tell us what the color should be. You know? Always so. have an opinion. No, that's that's great because the, you do you do great work in that. So we're we're gonna get started with the, with the questions and and me and Troy are just kind of Troy. Did you want to start off and kick off a question? You want me to kick off the first one? How you how you wanna how you wanna I'll, flow I'll, with this? I'll, one? I'll let you kick off the first question, but I'll I'll add before uh, before we do that that uh, yeah, Jonathan has has been somebody I've been 
wanting to connect with and get to know for a long time because your your reputation precedes you. When we launched our Lunch and Learn series a couple of years ago, and I was like, who do I want to be involved with this? Your name came up a lot of times. And so um, I'm so excited to have you here today. You're dropping names like Obama and Steph Oprah. Curry and Steph Oprah. Curry. I'm just dropping <laughs> Jonathan Davis's name. Okay? Like, that's, that's what? what I'm doing. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Man. All so, seriousness, though. We got some good stuff. To yeah. take, take it away, Rosis. Yeah. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the things you wish you would have known. And I'll, it's a tongue twister for me. So I'm, I'm just going to read it. Things you know now you wish you would have knew then. And I and I know when I was telling Jonathan this topic, he got excited because that's actually a great topic for a lot of us, right? They're things that, you know, we know now. So my, my question for you with this topic is, what's the biggest the biggest things you wish you knew then that you know now? Well, there's three of them. The first one I would say is the importance of collaboration. Um, when I started in the industry, I was 19 years old. And as every 19 year old will be, they're just ruined. I was invincible. Like I was sure that I had the best ideas in the room and that everything that I said was important and should be executed that way. And honestly, life experience and dealing with clients has taught me a lot now to realize that no matter what I'm doing, it's not my money. And so therefore it's a collaboration with the client and I, but also a collaboration with the other vendors. Like we are in a creative industry be whether it's some food or music or anything, everyone has a creative voice. And we I'm able to give a better sort of end product to my clients by collaborating with all those people who have those voices. Right. And so it's, it's just not about me. Like there are other great ideas to be had. And so by incorporating those, it just makes me grow more creatively myself. Now, what made you now? Now, was that all the three things that? No, that was just one. Nah, nah. Give me the other ones. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me the other ones. So the other one is knowing when to say no. Like ooh, I, ooh, you're preaching, throughout buddy. my career, I have said yes to some things that necessarily weren't on brand that didn't suit me best. Like not wanting to say no. And it, it comes from a place of fear sometimes. Sometimes we're so scared that we won't get the next job. We won't be able to pay the bills. We won't be able to bring in enough money. And so we say yes to everything. And in the end, like it wasn't our client. It didn't feed us. Uh-huh. It did not only did it not, it might have brought in the money, but did it feed our soul? Did it make us feel good when we're able to look back at what we did and say, you know what, I'm really proud of that. Or we can say, I just took that check to the bank and the lights are paid, but it doesn't make me feel good. And if you get in a habit of saying yes to everything, then it ne- it doesn't necessarily give you longevity in the satisfaction in your career. Mm. And so being able to step back and say, I don't think I'm the right fit for you. Yeah. Is one of those lessons I had to learn because once again, being invincible, you think I can make this person like what I'm going to do for them. And every time I've ever gone against my better nature in my head and said yes to something I knew I should have said no to, somebody wasn't satisfied. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. may have been the client ended up being satisfied, but I wasn't. Or I might have liked what I did. The client wasn't satisfied. And so therefore, just over the years, learning to, you know, some things I just have to walk away from and be okay with. So, and not every opportunity oh, yeah. is a good opportunity. So. Oh man, he's blessing us today. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Can you can you relate with that? Like oh. saying yes to having that like that gut thing that says I don't know about this one. Uh, I yeah, I talk about that all the time, and and in a number of, of topics that yeah, you got to learn to say no. But it took me a long time to learn mm-hmm. to say no to. My team today just came in with something that we don't normally do, and I'm like, nope. Say no to that. We we are not experts in that. 
uh, and, and they would, no one's going to be happy if we try to attempt that. So, yeah. um, let me ask you this, Jonathan, with, with that second one that you just shared, what were some of your triggers? Like when you're dealing in the world of decor and floral, um, and I may not even be saying the right, what are some triggers that make you say, I don't know about this? Is it? The- well, sometimes there are clients will present you with, um, opportunities to do things that aren't necessarily on brand for you. So I have to ask myself, okay, who are my clients? And so sometimes like, oh, especially when it comes to like celebrities and things like that, like, oh, you know, it's going to be great exposure for you and things like that. But taking the time to step back and ask yourself, who are you exposing me to? Like, is that celebrity speaking to your core brand and values? Because by being connected with that celebrity in any kind of way, is it a lot of times they want you to sponsor things and support them. But is it speaking to who you want more clients up? Like, would you want more celebrity clients like that celebrity? Like, there are certain celebrities that just aren't on brand for me. And that doesn't mean they're a bad celebrity. It doesn't mean that there's not somebody mm-hmm. who can service them. They're just not on brand for me. But also, even with clients, like, there are some people whose personalities just we don't gel well with me. Like, mm-hmm. I tend to be a very laid-back person, but I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, and it's hard for me to deal with... Um, like, I, I've been blessed that I don't deal with a lot of Brazilians just because I okay. don't have the personality temperament to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, 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 I don't cater to bad behavior. So I think if the lot I've been blessed, a lot of my clients come to me with a level of mutual respect. They respect my time and I respect theirs. I'll give you a case in point, though. I had one bride and she came in and literally set up an entire office in my consultation space. What? Computer, laptop, notebook, everything. And she okay. said, okay, I'm ready to plan my wedding. But in the meantime, she's also fielding phone calls and responding to emails. And I got up and I walked away. And um, she said, where are you going? I was like, you don't have time for me. And so therefore, when you're ready to speak to me, we can talk. And um, she was like, you're right. You're right. I don't have time for this today. And so she packed up her stuff and she left. But I did get a phone call from her mother. And her mother says, you know, I, I really want you to do this wedding. And so how can we make this work? So I ended up dealing exclusively with the mother because the mother was retired, had time to deal with it. The bride was happy in the end, but I had to set the standard of my time is valuable as your time is valuable and we're not going to play games. And once we got that mutual respect, we were good to go. uh, Troy, did you hear the part when he said he he got up from the table? Oh, yeah. She said, where are you going? Uh, You don't don't got time for me. Wow. That, That is confidence. That is, and then it's not even confidence. I mean, I think for me, it's just a level of mutual respect. Okay. Like I think yeah, that's I the thing I that it. I really stress for my clients. Like I want to respect you, but I also need to be respected as well. And yeah. I think if you come from a level of mutual respect, then that means that everybody's going to be good at being there. Yeah, yeah. So, I could, yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely relate. Um, there's been co- some consults where the client is working and sending emails, baby in the background. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you can tell that you're not, you're not the priority. Um, you yep. just right. check, just the person, the checkbox. Yeah. Um, right. But that's not small because that's, it, do we look at that as an indication of what this relationship is going to be like? Yeah. Well, I or believe it, in start how you plan on finishing. Okay. So uh, the other thing that's a trigger for me is like when it takes someone two to three times to book their initial consult with me, that gives me pause. Absolutely. Because either you don't respect me enough to value my time. Okay. Or you're not ready to deal with this yet. And that either way is fine. But when you're ready, then we can talk about it. 
Uh-huh. But having to reschedule several times with the initial consult means that, like, usually my brides are so excited, like, they're trying to get in earlier than they can get in That's true. for their appointment. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah I, I always say, and this goes back to working with people too. I always say, hey, you're either in a situation like that, you're either not able or not interested. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. But let's just call it out for what it is. It's okay. Exactly. If you're not able, not interested, let's fine. Let's move on accordingly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nah. What's your what's your third one? What's your what's so your my third, third one yeah. is charging for my time. Because Ooh. I'm a creative, I get very, very passionate about the product products that I have. And so sometimes I think, okay, you know, it's only gonna take five minutes. And then I'm there 12 hours later, still slaving away on this project. And then it no longer becomes profitable. And there's a, always with artists of any kind, there's the, the art versus commerce. Like, how do I make money at this but not sell out on the authenticity of my artwork? Sure. But I think the thing you have to think about is, it's like, can you really enjoy your artwork if you're still trying to figure out how you're paying your bills on the back end? Um. And so knowing what your billable rate is in the back of your mind. Like, okay, if this is going to take X amount of hours of my day, then I should be charging for this. Because the one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is that things change. When I was 19 years old and I got in the industry, I had no family. I had no kids to worry about. Uh. So the opportunity costs were different. Like my only thing that I had to deal with was like, it's cutting into my time with my friends. But now I have a family to go home and see. and, And so anything is an opportunity cost. And so if you're taking time of my life away from my family, away from things that I enjoy to work on your project, yeah, I, I understandable, but it needs to be a mutual benefit. And so therefore I have to charge for my time. And that's the thing that I didn't know when I was younger. Like I was thinking, you know what? Oh, it's going to take all my time, but it'll be beautiful. Okay. Well, that's great. But it's also <laughs> taking away from my life. Like time is the one thing you can't yeah. get back. Exactly, so, man. Yeah. 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 It, it's interesting how, family can change your perspective on how you view your time even the the events that we do on these saturdays the sacrifices that we make mm-hmm. to be at a person's wedding is us saying no to being at a, another family member's yeah. wedding or or event or adjusting a birthday party for your child that was fell on a Saturday, but yeah. you're having it on a Sunday. So we're passing yeah. up lifetime events of our own. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You're, you're you're right about that. So what would you tell that person? And, and this, and maybe this question is is geared more towards the entrepreneur. But that entrepreneur that does have a family, but they're new to this and they're hungry. Like, is it based on you, or should they start off that way, or what, well, what that whole season of grinding? Like, what's what are your thoughts there? I think weigh every opportunity individually. There are some opportunities that are going to afford you other opportunities that may not give you as much money at the moment, but they'll, they're good for publicity and things like that. And so it's a, it's a balance of that, but also calculate the cost. Mm-hmm. Like by knowing how much you're investing in something, even if the client isn't paying you the full investment, but having an accurate understanding of what it's going to take to produce whatever you're producing, well then you'll be able to, in your gut, say, okay, I don't really want to give this client this for free because it's costing me X amount of dollars. And when you take that like that, sometimes we minimize the cost to ourselves in order to justify minimizing the cost to our client. But the other thing I've learned over the years is is that clients value your expertise. They value your knowledge. And if you undercut the value of that by cutting your price, yeah, then you're devaluing your service and you're devaluing yourself. 
And I promise you the same person that you gave the discount to will go tell all their friends, girl, they're going to hook you up, the go to them, they're going to mm-hmm. give you the best, it's going to be cheap, but it's going to be fabulous. Well, that doesn't bode well for your brand for growth. Because yeah. the one thing I've learned over the years too is it's different from pricing to be profitable and pricing to grow. Ah. An event individually can be profitable for you, but are you pricing for the company you want to be in the future? So are you, you may have made a profit on the individual event, but did you take into account the fact that in the future you're going to need new insurance? You're going to have to increase your, your staff. You're going to need new vehicles, a new building. Are you pricing to begin to accommodate for those? Because you can't wait till it's time to get those things to try to find the financing for it, as opposed to pricing for it along the way. Come on, Jonathan. Yeah, man. <laughs> he is dropping. Troy, Troy is smiling. Today. I see Troy smiling like <laughs> I was smiling. Oh my god. Pricing for growth versus pricing for profit and thinking and and it was as entrepreneurs sometimes we don't think about you know how, it, it catches us by surprise. For example, on a, from a DJ perspective, and Troy, you can probably relate with this. Like you're charging, and then you buy this—I don't want to call it a toy—but you buy this new equipment because you want to offer. You want to offer dancing on the clouds. I, I use that as an example. Yeah. Right. And like, I have to consciously say to myself, "Don't you discount this? Don't you discount? You bought this to make you more money." Yeah. But then when you start doing it, you. You forget that you gotta buy the dries. Dries evaporates. Um, a good chunk of it evaporates. I think every 24 hours. So if your wedding is on Sunday, and the dry ice place is closed on Friday, you gotta buy a, a, a pretty expensive cooler. And now the transport and the machine itself is a certain. And now you gotta pay somebody to handle it and pay someone to know how to operate it and and all that. But then if you if you would have came out the box and said Okay, I got the machine. I'm just going to charge this and not know that there's some costs associated. And, you know, I hate to use those words, but some headaches that come with that. Um, now we're investing in, uh, we're going to be doing intelligent lighting this year. Um, well, later wow. this year. And uh, the costs that come with that, right? You yeah. you need a bigger vehicle to take the trusses. Or, oh, yeah. And, you know, you need someone to learn DMX and control the lighting and... Um, you can't just prop them on the thing and just hit the button and let them to go. It's not like the regular. So <laughs> just being mindful, uh, you know, this is a lesson that we're learning now, being mindful to charge for the amount of work that this is about to be. And then also thinking as we get more DJs, what does that investment look like for two other people when you two trusses, two moving heads, vehicles? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm, well, I'm I'm with you, Troy. What are you What are you thinking, Troy? Well, the other thing the other thing I would add to piggyback on what you said, Jonathan, when you talk about um, charging for your time, is and tell me how you feel about this. Is then you get to a certain point after you've been doing it for a while where you're not just charging for your time, you're charging for your experience because it took me 20 years to be able to do this in 10 hours for you. Uh, that there's a value there as well. How, I mean, do you agree? Well, I think so, too. And the thing is, when it comes to opportunity costs, because you realize that as you grow, your demand is going to grow, mm-hmm. and but you're still limited and you're just one person. Right. And so, therefore, you can't, it's not like we're at McDonald's or we're selling hamburgers, you're just one person. Yeah. And so, therefore, you have to charge the premium because you are now premium. Like, as the demand grows, your right. price grows mm-hmm. exponentially because 
your creativity grows, it's more honestly more is expected of you. Yes. The more you know, uh-huh. the longer you've answered, the more that's expected of you. Right. Um, and so therefore you have to charge to meet that demand. Absolutely. But also just the demands on your time. You can't do with so many events a day. I don't care who you are. You just can't do with so many. And so therefore the opportunity cost and that factor, factoring that into your pricing as well. Yeah. Wow, that that is fantastic. Yeah, he is, <laughs> Jonathan. So you shared, you know, your experience in the business and how many years you've done it and all that good stuff. Now, like you're at a certain, you're at a certain place. You can look back at the 19 year old and be like, "Wow, I've learned a lot." Right now, what are some things you're kind of are heading in that direction? Like if 10 years from now, right, and you're looking back at this Jonathan presently today. What do you think are some things that you may even think 10 years from now that you're kind of learning right now that you wish you would have known? And it sounds weird. Like, what would the future Jonathan say? Like, okay, I knew better at 19, but even here, like, I'm learning this. What are some things, some some wheels that are yeah. churning with, with learning? I think the thing that, like, coronavirus really taught me was the need for balance. Okay. Um, if you think about, we went from... I do about 150 events a year to doing none for almost mm, the whole year. Right. And so for the first time in 16 years, I had time to be home. Wow. And like, wow. think about the fact that hmm, I've never made pasta from scratch. Let's do that. <laughs> and so I think it has less to do with the working aspect and more about the fact of balancing life and enjoying life. And I've, I'm a firm believer that creativity is a muscle. And so you have to feed it, you have to nurture it. And so Having life experiences, like one of my biggest inspirations has been the fact that I've been privileged enough to travel a lot of the world and see a lot of things and experience a lot of things. I bring that back to my creativity. I mean, the same thing with music. You you probably listen to a lot of music throughout the day. Right. And so when you're at a party, you're in the mood, you know, there's this random cut that would just mix in perfectly with this to get the That's party right. hype and going. And so just taking in those flavors and those things of whatever you do to be able to nurture your craft. And so for me, it's a matter of balancing the fact that being busy isn't always best. Yes. Taking the time to like save the fact that somebody is trusting me with a lot of money to do their events and enjoying that for what it is. Like sometimes I'm so busy running from event to event that I don't get a chance to sit back and say, you know what, this is amazing. Yeah. And also realizing that these are emotional events for people's day. Like it's hilarious. I very rarely in 16 years get to see a ceremony. But wow. sitting through a ceremony and understanding that this is a life-changing moment for people has given me a different perspective in how I sell, but also the emotions involved from the client. Right. Yeah. And so before it was like, you sit down, I get your list of what you need and send you on your way. Huh. But now it's more about the emotional story that the client is going on and their journey and figuring out how to take that creatively and translate that into something that is going to live with them through their memories. Like the case in point, the wedding we did at the Met a couple weeks ago, he proposed in a hot air balloon. And so then creatively that forced me to try to figure out, okay, how to incorporate this into their story. And so we did installation of floral hot air balloons over the dance floor as just a nod to their, their story and their journey. And so I think for me, looking back, I hope that I will have learned more about how to balance my personal life with my creativity with my work life. And I think that's the thing that I'm hoping to learn and grasp. Yeah, it, it, it was, balance was definitely mine's as well. I think me and Troy even have had some kumbaya moments with uh, yeah. s- some of the things we talked about as far as professionally, but it, it just it just reminded you of what's important. Well, it goes um, back to what, it goes back to what Jonathan said too, that 
as entrepreneurs, we're all like, I can do this. I can do this. And sometimes you have to be remembered that, okay, well, wait, one, when I collaborate, not only does that bring in somebody's, I, I, other, somebody else's ideas and things that I might not know, but two, just because I can do it doesn't mean that I should, should. or have to, that, yeah. that brings in that other, that balance. Yeah. yeah. Cause it fights against that. Uh, I think, um, Rachel Sharon talks about the, the overwhelm and this applies for entrepreneurs and those that just work in the hospitality industry, how our industry if we let it can really bring us to a place of like sheer, like it's a high pressure envi- environment, right? Like yeah. the events that we do. Uh, so dealing with that overwhelm and how important balance is. And, and we're trying to get Rachel uh, on the show. We're looking forward to hopefully having her uh, in the future on the, on this podcast. Um, but yeah, just like, just, just dealing with the, with the overwhelm. So yeah, I think I've enjoyed a lot of time with my son and my wife that I just mm-hmm. did not, I had it, but COVID sat you down. Yeah. <laughs> COVID, COVID was like, you gonna sit down. You don't got nothing yeah. to do. You look, you know, cause y'all tell me, tell me from the both of y'all and we all, we're all busy. The, the, sometimes the Saturdays that we're off, do you feel like, do you feel like withdrawal? Like, Oh, I don't gotta be anywhere. Okay, it's, okay. No, it's safe. I'm I'm on a couch. I don't got to be anywhere. I don't. Do you feel like uneasy? Well, pre-COVID, did you ever feel like uneasy if you ever had a Saturday off? Like it feels weird that I I'm not working on at six o'clock. It's interesting. On it would be you know I honestly don't even if I'm not working on Saturdays. Like my family, my wife and son keep me pretty busy, okay. and so like okay. it's never a dull moment. Like I think like take but I look forward to those Saturdays because that's yeah. what I get to just have I try to when I do have a Saturday off create some kind of special experience like my son is a foodie so like we'll go to the farmer's market and just find like random ingredients and come home and taste them and cook them and figure out like what new flavors we can figure out or go to a museum or just experience um a whole um just just try to create some kind of experience and so I look forward to those Saturdays even though I'm not working but it does feel a little weird like I'm also like checking like do I really have the Saturday off but once I'm in it I'm (laughs) <laughs> that that's yeah. awesome, and I made frosting from scratch during COVID as well. It's quite <laughs> quite delicious. Uh, my, I, my, my son I think that's me. I think that's one thing that's the beauty of what we do too yes. is it helps us know the importance of the weekends to yes. be like oh, I am celebrating yep. this yeah. weekend. Uh, <laughs> it took it took me it took me a while to be able to un unplug. Yeah. Uh, and especially with a team, especially with a team, yeah. it took me a long time to be like, "Oh, is everyone going okay today? Is everyone okay?" And then mm-hmm. it, to realize, All right, there's not really anything I can do today. I've put people in a position of success, and, and now I need to be present where I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah man, that's you. that's uh, but you. no, you're right. It's uh, I, I love that, Jonathan. Is yeah, let's let's make it an experience when we are at home with yeah. our family. I'm, I'm stealing yeah. that. That's going to be one of my takeaways. <laughs> there, there it is. So, so, so matter of fact, speaking of takeaways, uh, Jonathan, we always end the show where, you know, me and Troy will share um, some takeaway, uh, one takeaway, one takeaway each that we got. And if you have a takeaway that to sum up everything, that would be awesome. Troy, you want to start first with your one takeaway you got with everything that Jonathan just dropped today, like just the awesomeness. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick just one yeah. uh, as far as collaboration, saying no, and and really charging for your time. But I'm going to take away what he just said, that, hey, I'm going to make it an experience yeah. for my family when I am home. Because I know sometimes we are, as professionals, it's like, man, I just need a break. Give me a breather. I'm yeah. beat up. But remembering that, oh, no, this is my time with them. I'm going to make this an experience. That's what I'm taking away. So I'm going to have you to thank this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to go do something cool with my kids, and, and I'm going to text it to you. Be like, thank you, Jonathan. That works. There we go. I think my one takeaway uh, is the saying no part. I yeah. think because when you're wanting to grow your company, sometimes there's that balance between saying yes to everything. Because you, and if you're, you know, a competitor, you you like the numbers, and you, yeah, we're booking this, we're booking that, and you don't even think about, man, I shouldn't have booked that client. I didn't really enjoy that one, or mm -hmm. they asked me to do some things that when you say on brand, like. For example, for us, I don't I don't like to see wedding planners emceeing weddings. That I, I just I just it's just like oh, like uh, you know, and it's like if it's one of those weddings where they're gung ho on that happening, I'm like, hmm. Now I discounted too like something's off here. Either like you know if they're gonna book our type of caliber of company, then the wedding we do the emceeing. The wedding planner right. shouldn't be emceeing and da 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 da. da. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just my, my one takeaway is the one, saying no part, like being comfortable with that and the profit, uh, what a profits to grow or no business. To, you said something about business and profits and price, then, to, price, to, price to grow, and, not just to make a profit. Yeah, correct. That's my biggest takeaway that I'm going to take with me. So anything you want to close us out with as far as like overall, just to put the bow on the package, as far as everything you share. I think the interesting thing about growing up in this industry, because like I said, I was a baby when I started here, but I've seen the beautiful thing, especially about the industry in Charlotte, is the fact that I'm on the line with two DJs. Yeah. Competing companies, but you're still yeah. able to have a conversation. You're able to enjoy each other's company. You learn from each other. I think that's yeah. the lesson I have learned over my 17 years of doing events in Charlotte is, is that we are a community. Yeah. Like I can imagine, like throughout coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, everything else, like, we all pulled together. I can't tell you people called and just checked on me, and, like, we had conversations, and we're like, hey, are you doing okay? And so, just valuing your community, yeah. if you're listening to this from the Charlotte community, like, just reach out to anybody you've ever wanted to have a conversation with. Like, hit them up on Instagram, talk to them, because I don't think there's any ego in Charlotte that's so big that you can't approach it. Yeah. Right. Well, I, the, I, I, I don't know though. Uh, am I? Well, I don't you know, know. what? You know, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm not. You know, I'm gonna keep it with Troy. You know, I'm a. I'm not mentioning no names. I'm gonna do that. But Jonathan, I don't know. There's a few heads in Charlotte that you know they they need some stilts to to hold well, it up. Oh, but for the most part, on them. But I think that yeah. the, in general, like we have a great inclusive community really of people do. who like especially on a caliber that we work on, like we all, we see each other on a weekly basis. Yes, that's and correct. so we, we look out for each other. Yes. Like if your speaker was falling over, rest assured, if I could pick it up, I would pick it up for you. And I'm sure if my vase was falling over, you would pick it up for I me. Got you. And so yeah, I got you. I think that's man. the sense of community, like investing, if everyone invests in a sense of community, then we'll have a great community. That's correct. And so I think that's the thing that I, I appreciate about my time in this industry, in this city in particular. Awesome. Well, I think, 
to me, that ties right back to what you said with saying no to and identifying when things aren't a fit because, yeah. hey, not everyone's going to be a fit with me and, and mm-hmm. vice versa or somebody on my team or with Rosis or, uh, and it's okay to acknowledge that and say, yeah, I just, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. 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 Well, Jonathan, awesome. let the people know how they can find you, any projects you have going on, um, just everything. I, w- I want them to, yeah. to, to hear and reach out to you. So follow on, um, follow us on Instagram at cluxinc.com, and that'll really show you, I'm sorry, at cluxinc um, on Instagram, and that'll show you, like, behind the scenes of, like, what we're doing, like, lots of our new yeah. projects. We have lots of new products coming in. Um, also, Jonathan at Clux, um, Inc. on Instagram. So you'll see, like, my personal, like, journey of, like, what I go through through the week and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I have to get better about really posting some okay. more insights on I that. Um, and then follow me on LinkedIn as well. Um, it's just a great way to keep track of like what we have going on business wise and stuff like that. But um, I mean, we just at this point, COVID's opening back up, so we have like lots of great events that people yeah. are excited about. I mean, I think people are ready to party now that everything's right. opening yeah. up. So yeah. we're just trying to do it as safely and creatively as possible. But right. it's happening. Right. Well, ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen, Jonathan Davis. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> I, had to put my radio, I had to put my radio voice on, man. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh hopping on this, uh hopping on our podcast. Like I was like we were me and Troy were both saying, man, you're highly respected in the industry. Um to call you an expert would, would be uh underrated, man. You're you're beyond that. Your expertise just it just spews out of you, man. And uh shout out to everyone at C Lux, man. Shout out to Erica. Um, that's there and uh, keep up the great work man I, I just love to see you in your element and uh, yeah man appreciate you yeah thank you Jonathan alright right, signing out y'all thank you for listening to another episode of the pros on fire podcast with Troy and Rossis make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit prosonfire.com for more information